Adventures in Deadland, episode 70. My name is Colfax. Yo, you got the right episode, bro. It's Gerbil. And uh, this is our episode. This is our podcast about uh, raising kids during a pandemic, which continues fatefully. Continues on the pandemic. It's never going to end, dude. Dude, it's, it's going to end. end. It's totally going to end. What are you talking about? It's totally going to end. It's going to be great. Um, remember when we news. were, yeah, I just remember when we were posting pictures of people sneezing on each other and we're like, when we get the vaccine, that's what's going to happen. And now we can't do that because people didn't get vaccinated. So now I still can't sneeze on people. Could you Dude, imagine that's if all I want to do? That's all I want to do all the time. Could you imagine if someone sneezed on you? Would you be Today? physically? Yeah. Like in the grocery you know, store. Okay. You know what I've actually become accustomed to? What is figuring out who's trying to hold their cough back? Have you started doing that yet? No, I'm trying to figure it out. But I'm one of those people that like, uh, if you cough in the grocery store, you're going to get a crusty look, dude. Fact. You know what I mean? Like dirty look. Yeah, I'm like, why are you like lasers? Yeah, I'm like, why are you coughing right now? Yeah. Well, I I tell you what, I was at a networking meeting that was interesting to say the least, and one of the things I could tell or that I found myself doing was looking around the room to see who's like stifling a cough. Yeah. And, um, and then like how they're doing it. And if they're just trying, like if it's like plaguing them or if it's just like a one-off and they like swallowed the wrong way or something, like I I'm quick to diagnose it and be like, I need to stay away from that person. Yeah. I stay away from everybody. I mean, like <laughs> car blanche. I don't, I don't go near anybody anymore, man. Uh, so at his first cub scout meeting of the year, and was outside with masks on, but like was that? It, it was fine. Um, you seemed some heated kid, after, bro. Nah, some kids are not good. I, it's fine, man. It's it's fine. It's it's Cub Scouts. They're doing it's fine. They're they made a barometer. Actually, like they made a barometer with a jar, a balloon, a straw, a rubber band. Tells me about this. And I glued I glued his homemade barometer to my hand with super glue last night. So that was. <laughs> Like if I was salty, that's what it was from. Like that's we wouldn't hilarious. let the kids. Yeah, we wouldn't let the kids have super glue, and I super glued it to myself. So, but it's fine, man. Um, the Cub Scouts are fine, man. I mean, he gets to hang out with his bros. Like it's it's good. I wish they would learn more about like knives and fire and stuff. But like that's not part of the curriculum right now. So it's not. Nah, you gotta, dude. That's I thought all. I thought that's what you learned when you went to Cub Scouts was you just sat in a circle and made fire. Yeah, but not this young. I thought so too. And I was a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout, but not this young. Like I they're not ready for it yet, apparently. I don't know, dude. It's kind of a point. What are they now that we went down this road, yeah, they just make like homemade barometers and learn about weather patterns and stuff, <laughs> oh, which is just... fine. <laughs> but if we're being honest, like it's not exactly what I want. I um dude, so I now want we got bows and arrows, I want fire, I want knives, yeah, I want I commando boots. Listen, this episode's about knocking on millennials and boomers, and we're going to get there. But <laughs> and actually, this could be a good direction. So I remember when I was like a Cub Scout, Boy Scout, like I had a knife, right? Uh-huh. And I had yeah. matches, bro. But now you have to get like a certification patch to be able to carry a knife. Oh, I God. know this because I have my old Cub Scout knife, which I think is kind of sweet. And like that his first awesome. day at Cub Scouting, I gave it to him. He like hooked on his belt and he was all like, let's go cut some stuff. 
And the mm. adults are like, you can't have that knife because you don't have the knife badge. And I was like, that's weird. It was a thing. I feel like I talked about this in the podcast. Maybe not. And I no. told the scoutmaster, dude, I was like, well, there's a scout store on the internet, but there's also a scout <laughs> store on like sixth Avenue. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, can I just go drive up there and buy the knife patch? And then my son can carry a knife. Because then he has the knife patch. Dude, bro, perfect loophole system right no, there. Bro. All these adults stared at me like I was based. I mean, it was, they treated me like I was like, hey, why don't we just all get COVID right now? Like they looked at me <laughs> like I was the worst person in the world. Dude. You were, I was like, I was like, I'm just going to go get the patch. And then he's going to carry a knife and he's going to carry fire and it's going to be fine. And they're like, uh, I don't know about all that. And I'm like, well. They're just doing little kid things, but I don't know. I don't know if this is what the Cub Scouts have become, or this is the Cub Scout pack we're in. I don't know what's happening with that. I haven't mm. figured that information out. The problem is I feel like it's a little soft and I'm not one of those weird, like in my day, we didn't have seat belts and we were fine. I'm not going down that road, but like, I feel like uh, justifiably if he's a Cub Scout, he should have a pocket knife. Like he could do some whittling. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of the thing. Sharpen sticks. You need I'm that in wilderness, don't you? Yeah, like, I mean, I, feel, I don't I go know, in the I wilderness, know. but if I went into the wilderness, I would look for a stick and I would sharpen it. I know. Instead, and they're making. I would like, have my knife with me. Yeah. Instead, they're making homemade barometers with a balloon. Uh, that's crazy, dude. I, you know I tell you, go ahead. I tell you what, real quick. One of the things that I learned to use early because my dad made it something that I needed to learn and he wanted to do a father-son bonding thing and it worked was he had his uh ranger knife that he had when he went to ranger training and it's like the one that they put on the backpack and they like take out and stab people with or whatever mm -hmm. you know I did a poking motion but like um it was one of the coolest things ever and I still have it it's in my car I use you it as like my huh you carry it in your car you use yeah, it for dude. what? Complete the set. That's what I was going for. Self-protection, bra. Like really? it's right in my door where I could grab it real quick and I could like poke somebody and then drive away. The important part about driving away. But like, dude, the thing is still sharp. It's crazy. It's wicked. And like, it's one of those things that when we went camping, like I went out and I found a stick and I whittled with it and I felt so cool. You know, middle schooler with a big old knife. I have one of those. I mean, I have my dad's old one and then I have a new, I mean, I've got a, I'm a huge knife guy apparently because I have like 10 knives and like, um, one of them is my barbecuing knife, which I have out on my barbecue to like stab down the wood and charcoal. And like, it's huge. It's like a survival knife that has a little compartment for like matches, like waterproof matches and stuff. And my son always grabs it when I uncover the grill to do do you let your son things. play with a knife? I mean, what's play? I let him hold it and does he unsheathe it and does he poke things with it or cut things with it? If it was a stick, I would let him. No, does he? Not cool. I mean, he does it. He does it. I mean, he doesn't really. He holds right. it. I'm down. Like, dude. It's so intimidating. It's as big as his head. So, like, I mean, he just holds it and looks at it. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to get my kid a knife and I'm going to let him carry it. I'm going to carry matches. You know what I think the problem is, dude? Fire? 
Nope. Matches. I, I think at some point, well, look, the Boy Scouts of America is broken anyway. They have all sorts of problems. Like they're about to go out of business because people getting sued. It's it's awful on a bunch of they levels. are. But, I didn't know that. That's oh interesting. You should, you should Google it. It's it's awful. But <laughs> I think the, the, these so most of these leaders that are in this pack are millennialish. And oh, it's, it's blame the millennials. Let's see where this is going. Well, it's soft. But it's a weird paradox. This is actually going to work good into our conversation because it's a paradox because these guys, I mean, look, man, it's fine. They're just a little like, you know, we got to make sure we do proper training with the patch before we give them a knife. The other side of it is that there are like weird things in the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts that are from like generations ago mm-hmm. that aren't in tune with anything anymore that are like broken. They had a, so when you become a Cub Scout, you turn into a Boy Scout, you get your arrow of light and you cross the the bridge of light something um so they did it not my son because he's not there yet but they did it and they had this man who apparently works for the district that was dressed up like in a giant bear skin and there was like all this native american like imagery that he was like you know he was all like the proud brave went to the forest and shot the air bro are you serious yeah yeah so i said i was sitting there with (laughs) you don't like this so um in my son's little den there's actually like a teenage kid that's a boy scout he's like a den liaison that's not the name of what he does but it's a boy scout that hangs out and helps with cub scouts right okay so when they were doing this i turned to this teenage kid and i was like yo that seems weird with all that native american imagery and the kid turns to me and goes yeah, it's weird. I goes, I can't see that <laughs> happening for much longer. Like, I feel like there's these old traditions. Because I did it, man. I was in something called the Order of the Arrow, and there was people in loincloths and all sorts of weird stuff. They've done away with all that, right? Uh, uh-huh. um, here's the question, though, because, like, I don't feel like it, there's no intent taken into it. You know? Just because there's no intent, though. Yeah, you gotta, well, you gotta realize what you're doing. Yeah, if I you're know, dressing up like you know, a Native American with a bear skin. I mean, he's did not, he have the whole regalia? Like no, 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 the no, thing? no, no. He, He's dressed up like a mountain man. Did you ever play that game Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. He looks like a side character from that. Like, he looks like okay. a mountain guy with a bear skin. No, no, he, he, dude, listen, if I was at some place and a big white guy <laughs> showed up with like a headdress on, we would be gone. I would put it on TikTok and like, it would be done. Like, like, yeah, yeah, no. That's the thing, though. Like, I don't think this it's not meant to be offensive, dude. You know what I mean? But then here's how I because I was talking to another parent about this where watching this. I was like, this is wild, man. And he goes, I don't know whether we should be mad about it or not. And I said, here's here's the litmus test. If I was Native American sitting here, would this be uncomfortable sitting next to me? And they were like, what? And I was like me sitting here watching this. If there was like a real Native American person sitting next to me, would I feel uncomfortable watching this with them? And the parent was like, the answer is yes. And I was like, well, then the answer is yes, dude. Like, that's what it is. Like, if I wouldn't be able to, like, do this activity with. Is it indigenous people? I don't know, dude. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I don't with someone Man, from we... the from the Navajo tribe. If I wouldn't able to watch this comfortably with a, somebody next to me, then maybe it's off key, dude. I don't know. But their intentions aren't bad. You know, this kind of blends into it. I'm stuck in the middle of all this because I'm a Generation Xer, and I never asked for any of this this garbage. <laughs> but now, like, here's a great vehicle, this Cub Scout trip. I'm stuck yeah. in the middle because I actually, you know what? If we're being completely honest, as long as they're not doing something horribly offensive uh, that my kid is going to sponge off of and learn something awful, mm-hmm. I don't care. 
I don't care. Get a okay. patch, shoot a bow and arrow. Like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. The problem is we have like these boomers parents that are in there. Right. And they were like, when I was a cub scout, we used to dress up like, like, indigenous people like native americans and we used to ride horses like they have like, but they I don't say to, it that way uh, well no see that here you go dude don't make me put you into this don't don't jump in you don't want to be part of this circus right here and <laughs> the problem is the boomers are like yeah when i was little we used to wear loincloths and it was fine it was fine yeah on the other side um, of me literally like on either side of me i have like these millennials mm-hmm. who are like um that Cub Scout shirt is blue. Do you think we're appropriating blue culture by they wearing blue shirts in there? And I'm <laughs> caught in the middle of it. You know what I'm? They're like, um, that patch has a sun on it. The the meteorology patch has a sun on it. Do you think that's being insensitive towards people who aren't able to go outside because of medical conditions? Like the nobody sun said that, dude. Yeah, did they say they that? Do? They yeah, did millennials. not. Yeah, you just try to jump in. You're like, are we being sensitive about this? The podcast. The problem is generationally and you can scale this from my kids cub scout meeting up to politics of the globe uh-huh it's too far polarized it's the true boomers the boomers are always like well in my day we used to play cops and robbers and it was fine and then the millennials like are we going to marginalize the people that have to resort to crime for a living because they're from an underserved population? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Like both of you suck. What are you doing? <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Like you can't win. Like you can't win. You can't swim. Cause if you swing one way, the other one's going to get mad. You can't be like, Oh, it was pretty cool in the seventies. I really like Oh, millennials going to get mad. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, Maybe we should be sensitive for these people. Oh, no, the boomer's going to get mad at me now. Like, there's, we are stuck. Your generation, and I'm uh, not blaming yeah, uh-huh, you, uh-huh, uh-huh. the boomer generation are holding us and the Zoomers hostage because you guys can't come together and figure it out. Now, don't let me try and downplay all the weird things that have happened, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yes, buying a house now is more impossible maybe than it's ever been before. Yes, boomers are like, I worked through college and bought a house and had a family. But you're like, yeah, the house was like $700. Like, that's what happened. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, there are millennial groups that get too far. They're all like, you can't even look at that person without something happening. Yes. I mean, both sides. But like, everybody just, not everything has to be like a huge fight. Like, we, think- can we just chill out a little bit, man? I, I, I feel as if there's there's a problem within that statement in that a lot of people feel as if the only way they get a voice is if they punch hard one way or the other. Right. And while I kind of subscribe to a similar view to a lot of things as you, where it's like, look, if it's not hurting somebody right now, then it's probably, you know, and, and the caveat of, and you know, whatever you're saying could need to change going forward. Cause you don't know what's going to offend somebody then that that's important. I think people just want to be seen. Like there's a running joke in a lot of things where it's like people just like grab each other by the face. I don't know if you've seen this and they just say, I see you. And then they like say it over and over, which seems crazy uncomfortable to me right yeah, now. Yeah, it seems but, really bad. Why don't you want that? But the idea, the idea is that somebody is seen as, as what they are. And I think a lot of people, and rightly so, because if they don't say anything, 
or if they do say something, it just gets punched right back at them because people feel this way along the entire rope line is if they don't yell and scream about it, nobody will hear them. And I think that boomers, I'm not going to just jump on them, but Uh, like boomers, I do want to, but, but not all boomers are this way, but a lot of boomers are in, in that it's just, it's how it's been. It's so concrete to them. It's like, this is how we lived our lives and we're fine. And they say that and they think that, and then they punch down at people because it's like, in my day, we ran around with skivvies and it was great. We had headdresses and it was fun. We, yeah, but, that's how we represented, you know, Native American peoples. <laughs> but there's gotta be, the problem is it's out of balance. I mean, I just did that. I said, when I was a Cub Scout, I used to be able to carry a knife and matches. And now I can't. Is that good or bad? I think the prop, listen, there are problems. There's m- folks that are marginalized in voice. And absolutely, we are so far beyond giving them a voice at the table. You know what I mean? I get mm-hmm. it. And I'm all for it. You know what I mean? And I think there are traditions that I think that we try and hold on to as Americans. There's got to be a thread that keeps us together. And there are big things we come together with. You know what I mean? And I think it's important that we stand up for these things. The problem is it's trickled down to like every choice is now a battle. Every choice has got to be mm-hmm. a battle. You know, people were all like, I remember, I remember when, and, and I mean, I remember when people were like, oh, gender neutral bathrooms at Target. I'm never going to Target again. Well, I got news for you, buddy. There's been family restrooms at Target for like 30 years and yeah. anybody can use them. It's been in existence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's got to have a battle. Everything's got to be a fight. You know, I'm going to dip my toes in all the pools today, but they just closed <laughs> Civic Center Park downtown. Because, because there's a, it's like a homeless encampment now and they mm-hmm. closed it because there's like needles, they have to get the grass done and it's tough because it becomes, we can't fix the problem because everybody's freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get one side, people have a right to exist. I agree. People have a right to like live and one of the last places you can live for free is a park. And I, I guess I get that. You know, but then other people are like, I can't even bring my kids to the public park, which is supposed to be for everybody because there's a homeless encampment in it, which I also understand. Like, mm-hmm. these are all valid points, but everybody's yeah. so hell bent on butting heads about it. We had to put a giant fence around our park downtown because nobody can figure out what to do. It's right. because I, you know, maybe. And now that I'm talking through it, I'm really talking at you and not to you right now, Gerbil. I'm sorry. I just to get this off my chest. I think the problem is these problems are big. They're big problems. Like, how do you fix homelessness in Denver? I don't know. I don't think the mayor knows. I don't think the governor knows. Like, I don't think anybody really knows. Like, how do we fix people? Is well, it psychological? They have drug problems. How do you fix it though? Like, they don't. I don't it, know what the answer is. It, it's a multi. It's a multi-touch approach. That's the problem. Is that there's no one thing that's going to solve homelessness in Denver yeah. or the world. You you would have to have many people, many departments, a lot of money to fix the problem. But, you know, it's one of those things that I've always thought about. There's people that want, this is derailing it a little bit, but there's people that want their donation dollars to make extreme amounts of change. And so where do you get that? You get that overseas in like a completely impoverished, you know, land. And all of a sudden it's like your donation of $500 built a house for some like 10 people. You know what I mean? Whereas your same $500 here in Denver 
is like not even enough for one person to live for a month. So Dude. it's like, how do you, how do you convince everybody to get on the bandwagon? We need to solve our own problems before we go out and solve other people's problems. Yeah. The it's something I've been considering a long time. Building a house in a different country for 10 people. <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm, no. Just, I'm, uh, kidding. I'm kidding. Levity. It's okay. I understood. I was just kidding. There's no levity right now, bro. You got <laughs> me worked up. The problem is, <laughs> you know, the problem is like, it's gray. Uh, yeah. Using our homeless Certainly. vehicle for this. Like, do we want homeless people to have encampments in the park? No. Do I think that they're human beings who have a right to exist? Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to meet the middle of that somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but one side's like, well, people shouldn't be in the park, which is true. And then the other people are like, well, they're humans that need our help. And this is also true. But mm-hmm. like, they're so far on this sides of it. We can't get to the middle to figure it out. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like an enlightened centrist in this, but like, you know, and it goes down the line. Should my son be able to carry a knife? I don't know. Like, do I want every one of those Cub Scouts at that meeting to have a knife? No, because there's some bad kids with bad I was just parents. About, I was just about to ask, nah. bro. Like, nah, because because when everybody. you look at it from the outside in, it's like, well, all of a sudden somebody has a knife, and it's like, oh, you know, yeah, dude, I'm I'm part of the problem. Do I think a group of 28 year olds should have knives? That seems like a bad idea. Should my son be able to carry my knife on his belt? Yes. So like, where See? am I going to go with that, dude? I don't know. So maybe, you know, it's not as it's not as easy as it seems. Wait till they see. Listen, because they were like, you can get a matches badge. And I'm like, matches are from like 1908. Like, what are you doing? So I <laughs> and that's a, not a, a way to zip- survive anymore, dude. You got to get no, a got, Zippo or some sort of a lighter. Dude, I got him a Zippo. I got I think it's a I think it's a Megadeth Zippo. They <laughs> have one of the radio stations. I'm going to let him carry a, a Zippo full of carrots. But I can't, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. There's no solution to it. I just wish everybody would stop fighting for a damn minute. Because the problem is we've gone too far out. Now we've got a pandemic all over the world and people won't take vaccines and people don't want to wear masks and people yell at each other and fight whether they're wearing a mask or vaccine. And we have homeless people and they've taken over like our entire civic center area and mm-hmm. there's tens. And, you know, the problems have gotten really big because nobody can be like, dude, we should just probably work together and fix this. Well, and then in that in that circumstance with the homelessness, right, like the person who's trying to solve the problem doesn't have everything in line to be able to solve the problem. They have, I have a budget to like clean up the park and close it down. That is my tool. That's my button I can press. I can't do anything else. I can't, I can't all of a sudden raise money to throw up an apartment building that supports them, you know, homeless people and has a staff, like a fully functioning group of people that are willing to listen and understand what kind of, you know, issues are going on here to then segment people out and then actually give them the help that they need to get started. Um, What's interesting, well, actually, I want to say it after we take this break. Hey, that was a nice way to throw it into a commercial break, Gerbil. Thanks, dude. Hey, been working on it. It's good, man. Your training is paying off. We have been talking about how the fact that you can go to the Anchor app, which probably propagates adventures in Dabland, and you can leave us voice messages. And we will play them on our podcast. And we have two of them today. And one of them is brand new from a new contributor. Um, let's listen to... We were talking about death last episode, maybe two episodes I ago. Think, yeah, it was two episodes ago. And, and the uh, time where maybe you would introduce 
that concept to young ones. And this is our, uh, our, our supporter and good friend, Carl, on death. Hot Carl's hot takes. On <laughs> we honor those who have passed by celebrating their contributions. It's important to understand that death is as much a part of life as life itself, but it's merely the end credits. To focus and perseverate on death is like fast-forwarding to your favorite movie just to watch the credits. Well, you understand who contributed, but you missed the story. I would teach your son to focus on the story, not on the credits. Dang. Oh, Look hot, dude. Look at hot <laughs> Carl coming in here and dropping the mic on us. Dude, that was Great. that was awesome. Also, in related, look at Carl's branding of his own little segment. I know he's he's owning the hill on Hot Carl. Damn it! Hot. I Isn't love that it. Something dirty. I'm gonna Google it, but only for my work computer. All right, and the second <laughs> one. Also, no, that was good advice. I, I really like that. So I'm gonna. I, I think there's got to be a way to not focus on the credits only. Look at you go. The second one's from broadcasting legend Double A. Kofi, gerbs, double A. Hey, got a comment on your YouTube discussion. I am 100% on board with you, Kofi. Sorry, gerbs, love you. Uh, you think it's garbage. <laughs> of course, I know nothing about kids, right? My knowledge of children ended where the box of condoms was open, but I cannot see how YouTube has many, if any, long-term benefits for kids. Not only is the content uh, disposable garbage, the advertising environment does nothing, nothing, but ingrain uh, and encourage consumerism deep, in the minds of kids like like the whole i have to have the new shiny thing consumerism mentality man once that seed is planted uh that's a hard seed to dig up bro for sure uh, i think screens are the new cigarettes they're addictive satisfying the now uh, but the long-term effects man not gonna be great love the podcast keep it up adios dude devil a coming yeah. in with the truth bomb one look at that i dude. know Man, we also, can we just discuss for the fact that he, I mean, hopefully people could hear on the podcast, but Double had excellent compression on his voice, too. Like, clearly calling <laughs> us from a professional studio right there. Dude, look at that. Hot takes on that. Yes, YouTube to do cigarettes. I'm okay with that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, f- focus on the story and not the ending from, from Hot Carl. Dude, I love it. We have the best listeners. Yeah, Hot Carl and Double A, man. That's all you need. I'm going to get a mm-hmm. t-shirt made of that uh now back to more adventures in devlin so when i was working out with my guy at animal flow he actually had that's, a friend that's his parkour class incidentally if for those oh, of you yeah, don't yeah. keep up that's the parkour class I take parkour, intro to parkour, animal flow. It's no, a lot of fun. Ahead. You're, you're hanging out with a guy. Don't. The guy was telling me that there he has a group of friends who put up salons nationwide. And so they have so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. And one of the things that they do, they live in Portland. What they do is they walk around and they'll find some random homeless person on the road. They do it retail. They like say, we're going to support you for a year. Come with us. And they bring them to like a house. They have all of the clothes that the person will need. They get to use all the facilities for an entire year, completely stocked with food, will continue to be stocked with food, everything. And they're like, you have one year from this date to figure stuff out. And we will help you with doctors. We'll help you with, you know, if you think you need detox or anything, they'll pay for it completely. So you don't need money for a year. And then at the end, they kick you out. 
they're like, go, go be fruitful and make changes. And it helps dude. Like it actually, it's been a one-to-one thing where they like help people every year, like one person, one homeless person, one group of people that like a family unit or whatever. And they just take care of them until they get to a point where it's like, I can now understand how to take the next step forward. And like, that's what you would need to do on like a nationwide scale. But what does that take? That takes so much money and so much support, you know, you you need a bunch of people doing that. That's the problem. So the problem is that people aren't doing anything. It's just that when you yell about it, when you yell that people should be able to camp in your front yard or you yell about like, you know, I can't go to the park drug, whatever. Yeah. You get more attention. Mm-hmm. Your buddy is not getting attention. I they, they just redeveloped uh, Monaco and Evans. There was a Kmart there. This is really geographically specific, but it shows that we're Denver local, baby. 303. Yeah, dog. There was um, a Kmart there a long, long time ago. It's been abandoned for like a decade plus, probably. And they're finally fixing it, dude, right? They're, huh. And I live not too far from there, so I got, like, all, I, I'm nerdy. I got, like, all the reports. But I looked into what the city has to go through to, like, put a development there, dude. And they have, like, economic displacement heat maps. Crazy. Huh. Like, they've done research to see whether building these apartments here, whatever they're going to build there, is going to affect, like, the surrounding areas in a socioeconomic way so it doesn't displace people. Like, they do all these studies to make sure it's good for everybody. But you don't hear about that. Mm-mm. because you just want to hear about the guy who yells about Denver being in a bad place. Cause it's, it's mm-hmm. bad because it's the liberals or it's the, the, the Democrats or it's the Republicans or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we said this in the last episode, the problem is social media that we thought it was a dream when it gives everybody a soapbox, but now it's getting everybody a soapbox and it actually sucks. <laughs> well, and then, and then one step further, people are able to yell about things, you know, information goes out. But does action happen? It's so easy to be a, you know, a couch quarterback and say, this needs to happen, or I believe that this is the way to solve this problem. But then to not actually take any action, you know, it's easy to say those things. It's easy to be loud about it. And then everybody wants to be represented, but then all of a sudden nobody's doing anything with it. So it's kind of like this weird one, two, that's, that's tough. You know, I will say, I like that activism I can't think of the first thing. I remember we used to march. Oh man, I've got a great Columbus Day story, but it's way off track. Ugh. I um <laughs> it's not off track. I, you know, I like that you see people marching for things. Whether you yeah. agree with it or not, I like to see people get together and try and take a stand for what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm down with that. And there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with people acting upon it. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty cool. When I went to East High School, I'm just gonna make this. This is a sidelight. This could be a whole thing. I ended up, there's a guy named Russell Means who was part of the uh, American Indian movement. He was a militia. I mean, he was a pretty, you should look him up. I marched with him in the Columbus Day Parade, like the anti-Columbus Day Parade with him and a bunch of Native Americans when I was like 17. And my That's mom awesome. and dad are like, they're like, what the hell are you doing? Because like I was like, <laughs> I took the bus downtown and I hooked up with these Native Americans. And now we're going to protest the conqueror that was Christopher Columbus. And this was like in 1991. So like people were watching 90210. Like we were definitely on the fringe. Um, but it's young and idealistic. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I have you ever read I a book want... called Lies My Teacher Told Me? No. I no, is it good? It's a good book. It's totally worthwhile because there's a bunch of stories in there 
that relate to exactly that, like how somehow Christopher Columbus is taught in, you know, a lot of schools and nobody knows where he went and he died in poverty. And that's not true. Um, And it actually like tells about the history of Christopher Columbus, how as like one story, how terrible he was, how he got there. And then sort of the history of why people talk about him all the time. And there's a couple different stories of that in the book. It's a really good book. It, it was one that you know, I took in my African studies class when I went to college. The teacher. You know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's ahead. true, though, dude. I totally took that class and I loved it. It was a great course. And it was one of the many books that I had to read. And I actually want to go back and reread it because there was so much literature that we had to read through that I kind of lost some of the thread on a lot of the stories, but that's one of them that's in there. It, it talks about Christopher Columbus, how terrible he was, and somehow gives an idea of why he's famous now. So it's interesting. Well, we, oh my God, excuse me. I don't have COVID. I'm choking. Are you um, sure? I'm judging you. Right I am. Now. I know. You should. You know what's interesting? I just came up with this, and we are way down the rabbit hole, but like even now in 2021, like what you get taught about history will differ. B- depending on who's teaching you and where you are and where you're learning it. Right. Yeah. Even in America. Um, I wonder if a lot of this resentment comes from with the older generations that they were taught that Christopher, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue with Nina of the Pinta and the Santa Maria. Like that was mm-hmm. what they learned. Right. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden people are like, well, now nah, this is the way it happened. And that is the seed. We're like, well, no, I learned this, man. You're just trying to tear. I'm not trying to rationalize people that don't want statues torn down or anything like that. But like maybe people holding on to something. It's because that's what they've known their entire life, because that's what they're taught. And now comes and now comes the Internet or the millennials or whoever it is. And they're like, (laughs) you know, like Christopher Columbus came on those three ships and you made a diorama of that when you were a little kid. And that's what you learned. But that guy's actually a conqueror. Manifest destiny was not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think maybe it's hard when you've lived your life believing one thing and then being told what not only that what you knew was incorrect, but like morally reprehensible. I mean, I can almost understand the pushback. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, certainly. Dude, putting myself into those shoes, I understand that it's hard to break down something that's actually kind of meaningless, right? Like, why do people love Christopher Columbus so much? He was just some dude. But like, it was something that was from childhood. It, you know, probably relates to holidays that you had with family or something. And it was something that's so memorable. You still remember the rhyme and the reason and all of those things. And then to say, well, that's actually BS. It didn't happen that way. And the way in which millennials usually bring things like that up then it it becomes this thing where it's like well all of a sudden it's a fight you know yeah i never understood that about like 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 one of the things that's that's a little bit more niche is names of army bases are from like generals from the confederacy so i i went to fort bragg and i was on the fort bragg um hockey team when I was, you know, even like elementary school age. And so I have pictures of myself in like Fort Bragg jerseys and and all this stuff. It turns out that General Bragg or whatever, Colonel Bragg was this like leader of the Confederate army 
So it's like, oh man, like what now was I standing up for that? And of course not. You know, no. it's just was it, the you, name. It was the name of the base. Do I give a, do I care? No, I don't really care, it but it was in, from my is childhood. It, is it your indiscretion to own? Like, like, should you be sad? Like, were you like, were you like, should they change the name of Fort Bragg? Did they change the name of Fort Bragg? I don't know. No, they didn't change it. It's still Fort Bragg. Like a lot of those well, army bases still haven't changed their names. So, you know, bring it local into the 303 baby never 720 <laughs> um, i mean like i have friends that live in central park now that used to live in stapleton i didn't know stapleton was a bad dude i had yeah. no idea flew out of stapleton when i was a kid out of the international airport drank mm -hmm. 40s in stapleton when people were living there i didn't know stapleton was a bad guy should we not have changed it i don't know are there people that would have been uncomfortable going to the neighborhood knowing that it was named that yes so should we make some concessions Yes, probably. Yeah. But like all those old people that things are named after all did bad stuff. It's I true. Would, I, I mean, all of them, dude. Evans, but does their name? Here's Evans. the thing, though. But does their but does their name being there or does their statue make somebody uncomfortable? Yeah. Like you look at the statue things, right? When there's a statue of General Lee that's like five stories tall and people have to walk past it to get to the bus to go there. And they feel like this is a Confederate general. Like he stood for slavery. Like, how does that make somebody feel? Nah, you know, that's awful. one thing. Yeah, it's awful. You got to fix yeah. it. But you see, I'm saying like it, it, that I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And where's the line on that? We don't know. Like, do you go rename everything? I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. I'm not smart enough to figure that out, you know? And I, as a general policy, would default to somebody. Look, if my kid was scared of that guy, Nailhead from the Hellraiser movies, is that his name? Uh -huh. Nailface? Man, I have no idea. Dude, you don't watch those Hellraiser movies? Yeah, I watched like three of them. But okay, do I remember guy? people's the names? Nails? Like, no. The nail head. Do you know what I know I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. Nail so guy. Let's say, let's say I don't like that guy. Let's say for some reason. My kids <laughs> you don't like horror movies. Nah, That's why. We should talk about that next episode. There's your tease. Horror uh, movies. And why don't I watch them? Um, let's say my kid's school decided to use that nail guy as their mascot. Would I want to walk by a picture of him every day I pick up my kid? Which would be dope. Yeah, no, I don't. Would I go to the school and be like, hey, take down that picture of nail face? I don't know. I don't know, man. That's not a great example because that's no, that's it, no, actually, it's a great example because maybe to you, you see nail head and it's and it's, you know, you and a group of maybe, I don't know, like 20 other people in the school of a thousand. Right. But then the other thousand or other 980 are all like, oh, no, it's fine. It's what we want to represent ourselves. And this is this is how our school is going to be represented. And we all like it. How do you get that changed? No, I don't right? know. And now yeah, it's you have to be angry and you have to bring it, bring it up and make it a big deal. And then find out out of those 980 people who actually care about it. Is it five yeah. crazy, you know, Jerry's or something? And they're just like, this is what I care about the most. And I'm going to spend the most amount of time keeping it that way. And then, yeah. you know, 976 other people that are just like, yeah, I don't really care. I could change it to a wolf. Yeah. You know what's weird? I think you're right. And I don't, I, you know, I tend to err on like if someone's really 
is really going to have like emotional turmoil because of something, then we should probably do something about it. Like, let's try and make it an okay place for everybody. The other thing is the outrage culture. And it comes from the internet. I was just looking at a graph today. In fact, like, remember when everybody was mad about critical race theory and how it was being taught in schools, even though I have two kids in school have never heard of that before in schools. Right. Mm -hmm. But the searches went down because people stopped talking about it because they're talking about horse medicine now. Like, I wonder oh if God. following the zeitgeist <laughs> online and people trying to, like, get mad about it in the real world, it doesn't really fit. Like, I can be mad about horse medicine on the Internet, but do I know anybody that's taken acetaminophen? That's not what it's have, called. That's Tylenol. I have to say, you know? I don't know anybody who's taken that not stuff, but I've heard like, about we, it because people are talking about it. We've heard about it on Twitter. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if that's just super unhealthy for everybody. Like, I think maybe... We need to get the Generation Z, which is below the millennials, to make the weird memes with people like like Shrek making out with SpongeBob or whatever. We mm -hmm. give them the internet. The rest of us bow out. Like maybe we don't deserve to have the internet. You know what I mean? I, I have no? a, I have a I have a quick question. I have a theory. So, do you think that people don't like tearing down the past because they feel in some way once they make it? And then their statue goes up that they don't want their statue to be pulled down at some point. Like, do you think no, that's think the reason they, that they care? No, nah, they identify with whatever the statue was and whether that's good or bad is a whole, it's a situational de debate for sure. Hmm. But let's say I am a East high angel, second okay. reference to East today. In fact, um, Colfax, Detroit, let's say a group of Satanists. I'm just, this is way out there, right? Uh, got into power in city government of Denver. Well, not Wellington Webb. Uh, Michael Hancock got blown out. And now it's like Chief Satan Officer 7. And he was like, I don't like that East has the angels, the mascot. Like, get rid of it. Would I go down to the school with my fists to defend it? Somebody would. Probably. Probably. We would go down there. And so, like, and, and that's a stupid example. And I made it intentionally stupid to not align myself with anything. I don't know, man. I don't know. Change is just what it is. At the end of the day, whether it's a statue or it's somebody mad about something on Twitter or it's like a park or whatever it is, if we go out 30 years, I don't think anybody's going to care. If we go out 10 years, I don't know if anybody's going to care. So let's just get this going and get us back together and focus on the big things. Get the education system fixed. Get the homeless people off the street. Stop fighting each other. Stop taking horse medicine. Let's fix these and these weird idealistic, you know, it's crazy because I think, dude, I'm going so far down now. Like you look at like a, 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 a thing like Black Lives Matter. That's really important. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah. I'm afraid that when people get mad about everything. You're diluting the fact that that's a real battle that we have to have. You know what I mean? We're, we're only a generation away from slavery in America, incidentally. Like, there's a lot of yeah. older folk that were alive when slavery was here. Something we got to rectify to move forward yeah. as a country. But if we get mad at every little crazy thing, do you think it dilutes these bigger battles? Or am I, I do. being... No, I, I do. Mean, I maybe, totally do. Because there's so many things that need changing that are bigger matters. Like not that everybody's issue or, you know, something that they care about deeply isn't important, but like you can't win if you don't win the bigger battles. One of the biggest battles being equality, right? There's still inequality across the board. 
because you know even even look at even look at two huge huge issues that we have in America right now is income inequality with women and income inequality with people of color they're both humongous issues they don't they don't work together in tandem to fix their issues it's one or the other and then from there it just trickles down to even worse like you know issues that are big for a lot of people but not as many as those two well and that's the problem we still as haven't a, solved those like we need yeah. to solve those before we can trickle down and fix other problems damn i think you we know? need to solve something that's where it comes down to we need to figure yeah. out and solve we need to get one under our belt boys like we yeah, need to get it's something true. solved you know and because we can even go down further and say like well who am i to like decide what we should solve or not you know what i mean mm -hmm. like so the long and short of it is this ended up being a pretty serious episode but i think it was good I need millennials and boomers to be quiet. <laughs> That's what we take away from this, right? After all, maybe, that. yeah, no. maybe, maybe not necessarily be quiet, but maybe put words into actions, into positive actions rather than just Man, action. You know what? I think we need to bring back when you go up high, you're down low, too slow. We bring things back that back. I think it's going to make a big difference. I think everybody's too damn serious. I really do think, and I'm not anti lockdown, as you know, like I'm all about it, but. I think people have been like cooped up in their house and it's put everybody in a weird frame. And I think, because I bet you, if I went outside, if I closed down like a six block radius around my house mm -hmm. and we got everybody to go to the park and I cooked some German sausage and we had some beers, I bet you none of us would fight. Everybody would be fine. And I think maybe we just need to go out there and touch grass for a little while. You know what I mean? Dude, like, I like that. Dude, that's a very, that's a very... I'm so supportive of that. I love, All right. oh my God, I went, where did I go? I went to my buddy's house and he just laid down some fresh sod and let it grow. It nice. Oh my God. It's, I had to take, I wanted to take my shoes off so bad to just walk around and bare feet on the grass. Hey, do you think you could install a sprinkler system in someone's lawn? Me personally? Yes. I got YouTube. So yeah. Let's go oh geez dude i need i need some <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to let them put some, bring this up i my lawn is dead again and i told my wife i'm like we're never gonna have a good lawn until we get a sprinkler system and i was like can i do that myself and i watched a youtube video of it and i'm the problem is if i do it wrong i flood the neighborhood with my house and that the repercussions are high all you need to know stakes is are, where is my water shut off valve and you're fine stakes bro. are high until my wife comes home there's no water because i flooded our backyard Anyway, uh, <laughs> just wanted to switch it out right there. That's the other thing I'm thinking about. Social injustice, and also I need some sprinklers in the crib. Um, if you like our episode, this was kind of a heavy one, but they're normally not, and we'll talk about video games or comic books next time, which will be pretty fun. Uh, Adventures in Dabland, you can find us on all the major platforms where you find podcasts. If you like and subscribe, it helps us look at you on a chart and feel like we're accomplishing something. You can follow me on all the socials. It's at HeyColfax. And I'm at uh, gerbil G3 RBIL. And you could find me on uh, YouTube, John Reynolds. <laughs> All right. It sounds good, dude. Everybody go find him and we'll catch up with you next time. Adventures. 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 Adventures.
Adventures in Dadland. Yeah.